Anyway, let's get right into our word this morning. We're wrapping up our series today on hot topics for hot times. This has been our summer series. We have covered a lot of territory. And I just want to say, none of these messages, this is my disclaimer, none of these messages were intended to bring condemnation uh, at all. This was about uh, hearing truth because Jesus said, it is the truth that sets people free. And the problem is we got people today that are not hearing truth. Uh, and, 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 and frankly, there are people that don't want to hear the truth. But the only thing that leads to freedom is to have truth. And so these messages have been about truth, about God's Word. I've cut through personal, uh, personal biases uh, and, and maybe animus, what have you. I, I've, I've cut through all of that just to get the Word of God on these particular issues. Today we're going to end up with a really good one, Taming the Tongue. Yeah, so in the early service, there was a great gasp. All the air went out of the room. <laughs> I thought I hit a nerve there. Uh, taming the tongue. So, so we're going to begin James chapter 3. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, James 3, beginning verse number 2. For we all stumble. Everybody say stumble. stumble. We all stumble in many things. If anyone who does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that what that man, let me get my place here, that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are, tuned, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot de- desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member. It's a little member. And boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defies the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man, everybody say no man. No man man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or the image of God, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt and fresh water. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. Now, I would just tell you in this, in this series, now we co- like I said, we've covered just about every hot-button issue that there is. I know there, uh, I mean, that's relevant to where we are right now. These are archived on our website. I would encourage you, because the message won't change. Culture's going to change. Uh, things that are in vogue today will be different, but the truth of God stands forever. So these messages are enduring messages. So go back, uh, periodically review them. Uh, we've talked about things that are very confusing. We've talked about uh, abortion. We've talked about transgenderism. We've talked about homosexuality. We've talked about purity, about the authority of God's word. I mean, we've covered a number of things. Uh, and, and again, to our help, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is this being a follower of Jesus Christ means to tune out the rhetoric of our day and tune in to the Holy Spirit's voice. That, that's it. Because there are voices everywhere. There's voice. Boy, I can't talk. There are voices that are all around us that are vying for our time and our attention. I mean, whether you watch in television, whether you listen to radio, whether you, again, it's just all around us. These voices are vying for our time and our attention. 
And, and part of the issue is Christians today become very distracted easily. And the challenge is to tune out the rhetoric of our day and listen to the clear call of the Holy Spirit. Because the truth is, church, we're in a battle. I, I know that we don't like to hear messages that talk about that. We want to we hear about peace and love and all this kind of gooey stuff. And I like the gooey stuff. But the reality is we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There is a battle that's going on right now. Much of what you and I see manifesting in society today, whether, uh, whether it's in the schoolhouse, whether it's in the church house, whether it's in the, uh, in the halls of justice, uh, Congress, wherever it is, these things are manifestations of the spiritual battle that we're in right now. What you see played out on the nightly news, it is a manifestation of the spiritual battle. It's a validation of what Paul said to the church in Ephesus, that we are in a spiritual battle. What does that mean? It means that our adversary is on a prowl. He, he's, he's on a mission. And he will use everything and everyone as a pawn in his deceptive plan. Remember, that's what it is. It's a deceptive plan. Again, today I'm going to talk about uh, taming your tongue. Have you noticed uh, how... how People like to talk. Anybody notice? Anybody ever run from somebody because you know they have the gift of gab? Yeah, you're laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> you know it's true. We, we, you know, we don't have 30 minutes. We have five minutes. And I did a debate one time years ago with an attorney, local attorney. Uh, we were at a, at a forum here. It's been many, many years ago. And uh, so when they introduced us, they said, now, Pastor Mizell and this, this particular attorney will have five minutes. I went first, and I said, five minutes? I said, I can't even say hello in five minutes. You got an attorney and a preacher, and you've given us five minutes to talk about this issue. Uh, listen, here, here's the thing. I did some research, and the, and the average American has 30 conversations every day, at least 30 conversations a day. They said that if you, were to, if you were to figure that out as far as lifetime, that means that the average American will spend 20% of their lives talking. Now, if you're my granddaughters, you're probably 60% or better. <laughs> but you're going to spend 20% of your life having, talking. In one year, think about this. They went ahead and, and further developed that. In, in, in one year, your conversations will fill... 66 books of 800 pages each. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, wow. If you're a woman, well, so, so here's the thing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was going somewhere else. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a man, the average, <laughs> the average man... Well, that probably justifies what I'm going to say. The average man speaks about 20,000 words a day. The average woman speaks well over 30,000 words a day. It's kind of like the guy who was asked, he said, uh, he was asked, said, do you resent that your wife always has the last word? He said, no, I'm just glad when she finally gets to it. <laughs> words are powerful. A man went to a restaurant and he ordered two full meals. The waitress said, man, you must be hungry. He said, no. He said, one's for me and one's for my brother. And he reached up into his shirt pocket, pulled out a five-inch man, set him on the table. She looked at him, says, is he real? He said, sure, he's real. Well, can he talk? He said, hey, Jake. Uh, so can he walk? I'm sorry. Can he walk? He said, he said, Jake, go over there and get me a pack of sugar. So little Jake walked across the table and grabbed a pack of sugar. She said, well, can he eat? Jake, eat one of those chips. 
So he crawls up in the bowl and he grabs one of those chips and he eats on the chip. She says, well, can he talk? She said, sure, Jake, tell, him, tell her about the time we went hunting in Africa and you called the witch doctor an idiot. <laughs> Listen, our words, our words make a difference, amen? Listen, our words can make us or they can break us. Our, our words can be used for positive, our words can be used for negative. Listen, every one of us has heard the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt. How many know that's not true? It is absolutely not true. We, uh, broken bones, listen, words hurt. Broken bones will heal over time, but words, sometimes people never recover from words that are spoken to us. Those crushing, heavy words. I, I know people right now who are living defeated lives because words that were spoken to them when they were growing up. Listen, this is why parents, particularly in today's culture, we have such a, an overly and a hypersensitive group of kids uh, that, that, and I don't mean this in an ugly way, but I, I've said this for years, that we're raising pansies. And, and again, we kind of laugh, but it's, it's a serious thing. Kids today can't handle just the pressure that, that we see in our, in our world today. And, and parents and grandparents, we have to be very careful about how we talk to our kids. Because a word spoken in a, in a wrong moment, at the wrong time, in the wrong manner, can damage them for the rest of their lives. We have to be very, very careful about what we say. Again, as I said, I know people right now who are living in defeat because the wor- of the words that were spoken to them when they were growing up. I know people today who believe that they are worthless, that they'll never amount to anything, that they're no good because that's what they were told growing up. I've had students that have come through this church in my almost 30 years of pastoring here that have heard their parents tell them that they're no good, that they're not worth anything, they'll never amount to anything. And you know what? Most of them went on to accomplish that. Words matter. They're still suffering from the verbal abuse that they had growing up. And I would just say this, if you're online, if you're here today and you're suffering from verbal abuse, understand that those are, those are words of angry people. That's not what God's view is of you. That no matter the circumstances where you are right now, you always have an opportunity to step out and do better. Every generation has an opportunity to draw a line and say, we'll not do that. We'll not perpetuate that same type of abuse. You see, the words that we speak affect the world around us. What we say and how we communicate with each other is, has lasting results. See, the words that I use right now can give life, can give hope, and can give love, or our words can bring death, division, and destruction. Proverbs eighteen twenty one, we know it well, says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What makes the difference? How we use them. Again, Proverbs tells us in chapter 12, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Most of us probably have times in our life we can remember when we were going through something really difficult and maybe somebody came up and spoke a a, a word of wisdom or gave us a word of comfort and peace and it just soothed the hurt. That's the power of words. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Again, uh, I, I truly believe this. You can measure the maturity of a Christian by the content of their speech. Let me say that again. You can measure the, the maturity of a Christian. Just because, 
Listen, just because somebody is 40, 50, 60 years old, quote scriptures and talk about God bless you and doing all this, if their speech can betray them. You can be intellectual. You can, you can, you can have a, a mental assent or knowledge of the things of God still be rotten to the core. And your speech is going to give that away. What you say about people to other people will betray what you say you are. That's just it. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, look, when I was a child... I spoke like a child, I understood like a child, and I thought like a child. But then he said, but when I became a man, what does that say today? When I grew up, he said, I put away childish things. See, we've got a lot of people sitting in our churches that outwardly, biologically are mature, but spiritually they're still infantile because they don't know how to watch their mouth. Well, that's just the way I am. Well, he came to change the way you am. Listen, that's why we need to tame our tongue. That is a hot-button issue. Listen, and today we've even, I, I, to further exacerbate that, we have keyboards now. And we can sit in the privacy of our homes and we can, we can lash with words. We can opine all we want to. And nobody, again, nobody, uh, I, I mean, you're, you're safe behind the walls of your house. Again, we need to be very careful. Listen, you and I are representative of him. And what we say and how we respond is so important. I, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down and, listen, I, I'm still, I'm still a, a southern-born male. I'm a patriot. I love, I love my country. I love, as a veteran, I love all the things that I've done and, and been able to do in my lifetime. But here's the thing. There have been times I've sat down and I wanted to respond to somebody that I disagreed with. And the Holy Spirit slapped his hand across my mouth and said, delete that. Anybody ever had that happen? Yeah. <laughs> If I won't admit, no. Uh, so that, that's what I'm talking about. We need to be careful. So why, did, why should we manage our mouth? Well, there are three re- Actually, there are four reasons. I'm going to give you four reasons. I know the screen says three. I'm going to give you four reasons that we need to learn to manage our mouth. Number one is this. Our words give direction in life. Our words give direction in life. Here's what I mean. Our words have tremendous influence and control of our lives. So let me ask you, where are you headed in life? Right, right now, where are you headed in, in life, where are you going to be in t- uh, 10 years from now? Again, I understand the Lord could come back at any time, but that doesn't mean that we sit around and just kind of let whatever happen, happen, that we should be able to make plans. And where do you want to be in 10 years? I can tell you a good indicator where you will be in 10 years, and that is this. Look at your conversation. What do you talk about? What do you like to talk about? See, we shape our words, and then our words shape us. James says, the tongue is small. And because it's small, I think sometimes we think it's insignificant or that we speak and our words are inconsequential, but they are very consequential. What we say is not, inconsist- uh, is not uh, in, uh, what's the word? insignificant because when we speak it, it is a word that goes out and creates a reali- reality. So if I keep telling my, my children that they're a mistake and that they're an oops and that they're no good and that they'll never amount to anything, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy and they will live that out unless they say, you know what, I'm not doing that. Unless they say that. Listen, think about this. So James gives us an illustration. He said, consider a bit. Now think about a bit. Okay, think about a small piece of metal strategically placed. Think about this beast of a stallion. I don't know what they weigh, maybe two, 3,000 pounds. He said, now think about a bit placed strategically over the mouth of the tongue of that stallion, and you have a 95-pound jockey that sits on its back, and that 95-pound jockey can control that huge beast to direct him wherever that jockey wishes. That's what he's saying. Our tongue controls the direction of our lives. 
If I'm, if, I'm a, uh, if I'm full of negativity, my life will be negative. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that if I, if I change my conversation, I change my words, my attitude changes? I think oftentimes 90% of what's wrong with us is, is because we, we speak negative. We, we talk death. He said the, the tongue has the power for life and it has the power for death. He goes on and gives another illustration. He talks about an ocean liner, a, a ship. He said, think about these ships that weigh, that weigh tons and thousands of tons, and yet they're controlled by a small rudder. Wherever that pilot wants it to go, he can just steer, and that small rudder can change the course of that ship. We don't think, about mu- uh, much, we don't think uh, much about what we say, but it does reveal the true condition of our heart. So the first thing is that our words set the direction of our life. The second thing is this, our words can destroy our words can destroy. James gives us another illustration. He said, now, he said, now think about um, a beautiful forest. How many of you ever been to the mountains and things like that, and you see the beauty of the mountains? I love, I love the Smoky Mountains. I love the Rocky Mountains. A few years back, I was in, actually about three years ago, I was in Oregon, uh, went to a Bible summit up there in Oregon, and to get where I needed to go, I had to fly into Medford, which is on the southern, uh, southern area of Medford, and, and there really is an easy way to get to the, to the west coast, so I had to drive down into the northern part of California, cut across where the Red Ro- Redwood Forest is, the Sequoias, and then up on the 101. I guess that's the highway there. And I was, I was just in awe of those trees that have been there, for thou- some of them for thousands of years, and how big and how massive uh, that they were. Just beautiful. But I was there. I- I've been there twice. And the first time I was there, it was just a beautiful, lush forest the second time I went, they'd had a wildfire. And, that, and the scenery I remembered from the previous trip wasn't the same as that fire that had raged through. When I was a kid, I grew up in West Mobile, Alabama, and we lived, uh, it's developed now, but when I lived there as a little boy, we had, we had paper mill companies in Mobile, and so they had what they call pulpwood trees, these pine trees that they planted. And we lived next door to a uh, one of their properties, thousands of acres. And so as a little boy, early as five years of age, I had my first gun when I was five. I was, I'd be out in the woods. That was my day. I'd go out and I would be in the woods. And I would stay there and I would learn every nook and cranny of the, I just loved the woods. But they had these control burns. And every couple of years they'd come in and they'd light a fire and the scenery changed. See, that's what James is trying to get us to understand is that our tongues are like that. Our, our tongues can destroy like a wildfire that can destroy a national forest. A careless, listen, a camper, a careless camper can destroy thousands of years of growth of a forest like a careless word can destroy a life overnight. I mean, think about this, gossip. You know, we want to talk about all these other pet sins. Uh, you know, we want to talk about all the, all the sins we consider evil and we don't think nothing about gossip. But do you know gossip is like a fire. Gossip is like a fire. It spreads quickly and it wreaks havoc. I wonder how many people, because of a careless word, have destroyed their marriage. In a fit of rage or in anger, they said something that they, they would regret the rest of their lives. Or uh, just because of a careless word, they destroyed their career or maybe their reputation. Or just because of a careless word, they destroyed the reputation of another. How about this one? Just because of a careless word, how many churches have been destroyed because of a careless, gossiping tongue. Isn't it, the irony is we want to invite people to come and worship with us, 
But then we also want to talk down about what's going wrong in our church or something like that. That, that really doesn't make sense. But how many churches have been destroyed because of a careless word spoken? How many friendships have been dissolved because of a careless word? See, the tongue not only has the power to direct where we go, it has the power to destroy what we have if we don't learn to control it. It's like a fire. Our words can, can be devastating to others. Job chapter 19 Job, you know the story of Job well. I said Wednesday night, I was, I was teaching on be still and know that I'm God. And, and I used Job. Job's friends, if you remember the story, Job's friends came and, and they, sat, they were so shocked at what was going on in Job's life that the Bible said they sat there in silence for seven days. For one week, they didn't say a word. They were shocked at what had, was happening to him. And then they started talking. And here's what he said in Job 19. How long will you vex my soul and break me in pieces with words? How long are you going to vex me? See, our words are destructive. They're devastating to people. Another translation of that verse says, How long will you torment me and crush me with words? Our words can create a chain reaction. Guys, we come home from work. We're tired. We're grumpy. We're cranky. The wife walks in, yells at the... Excuse me, the husband walks in, yells at the wife. The wife yells at the oldest kid. The oldest kid yells at the babysitter. The babysitter goes out and kicks the dog. The dog goes and, bats, the dog goes and bites the cat. The cat comes in and scratches the baby. The baby bites the head off the Barbie doll. Wouldn't it have been a whole lot simpler just to bite the head off the Barbie doll to begin with <laughs> than to go through that whole thing? It's like a couple that comes to marriage counseling you say, what happened? And they say something like this. Well, I said this. And then she said that. And then I said this. And then it hit the fan. You see, our words can cause things to hit the fan. James says we've got to learn how to manage our mouth. Not only because it can direct where we go, but it can destroy what we have. I mean, how many people today live with regret because of the things that they said that they could not get back? We can lose our family, we can lose our career and our lives, and we can lose our lives simply by what we say because it's like a fire. Proverbs 21, 23, I love this one. It says, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Isn't that good? If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupt, unwholesome communication proceed out of your mouth. But he says, if you're going to talk, do that which is good to the use of edifying. Edifying means to build up. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. And then he goes on and says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you have been sealed unto the day of redemption. You know what Paul's saying in that verse there? He's saying that it, when you use words to tear down people, rather than build them up, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. That's not a minor issue. That is a significant issue. We've got people today that are scratching their heads wondering, God, do you hear me when I pray? What's going on? But you're running your mouth, you're running down people and grieving the Holy Spirit. And he will not, it's like I did, like I said last week, if you have a dirty vessel, he's not going to fill that dirty vessel. You can hold that cup up all you want to and you can say, fill my cup, Lord, fill it till it overflows. But if it's still dirty, if it's not been washed with the word, if it's not been cleaned, he's not going to fill it. If you run your mouth about other people who are made in God's image, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen? I know this is tough. 
Some of these other things, we're like, oh, I don't have to worry about that one. I don't have to worry about that one. I'm good. Woo. Hey, if the shoe fits, wear it. If not, kick it down the aisle. It'll fit somebody. But I believe Christians today, we are, we're counterproductive. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. Listen, we need to pray like the, psalm, the prayer of the psalmist. Psalms 19, I love this one. 19.14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing, acceptable in your sight, O God. My strength and my redeemer. You've heard me share this before. When I, when I, was, when I was younger, when I ran away from home during that, t- that season of my life, I had, a, I had a real filthy mouth. I had a really bad mouth. And it was just one of those things. It was very natural to do. You know, I was as a, I was an athlete at school, and, 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 and you know, we just, we just talked like sailors and just really bad. But when I went into the military, and that was even worse, but when I went into the, when I went into the military and I really surrendered back to the call of God on my life, the Lord spoke to me one night, and, he, and, and really I just felt him impressed upon me. Mike, I could never use you until you get your mouth clean. Again, this is not about condemnation. I'm sharing my story. So I can't use you until you get your mouth clean. And I thought, okay, well, how, I mean, how many of you when you get a ha- into a habit, it's very difficult to get out of it. I mean, I didn't know that there were other words I could use besides the ones I was using. <laughs> I mean, I had to educate myself. But this is what I prayed every day. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. I prayed that every single day, probably for months. And I'd have good days and I'd have bad days. But you know what? After several months of praying that same prayer every day, I got to where I didn't have slips. I didn't do it. I, 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 I didn't. So my children, and you've heard me say this before, my children grew up in my house and never heard their fathers use a cuss word. Because of that. Because of that right there. See, our words... Are devastating. Number three, our words reveal our heart. Our words reveal our heart. Listen, our words will tell what's really on the inside. Anybody can post. Listen, you can paint. Do you know you can paint an old rotten building and it look pretty on the outside? Anybody ever tried to paint rotten wood? Doesn't last very long, does it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't hold up very good. I know you guys got through with a pro- or working on a project. You just don't paint over rotten stuff. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. That's what he's saying. Look, if you're, your words are going to reveal what's going on on the inside. In fact, James points, he points to the inconsistency. Here's what he says in verse 9. He said, the tongue, with our tongue, we praise our Lord and our Father, and with the same tongue, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. From the same mouth come praises and cursings. And he said, my brothers, this should not be. This should not be. Listen, and again, the inconsistency, we say the same thing out of the same mouth. Listen, the highest use of our, pra- our mouth is to praise Him. The highest use of our mouth is to praise God. We come to church, we sing praises to the Lord, and then we walk outside, we get in our car, and on the way home, what do we do? We start gossiping about the service. Well, I can't believe she wore that outfit. Well, I can't believe that they sang that song. I don't like that song. I wish they wouldn't sing that song, you know. I can't believe the pastor went long again. I just wish he'd learn to control himself. I mean, we've already robbed our blessing before we even got to the house because we can't keep our mouth shut and we feel justified. Well, that's just how it is. No, that's not how it is. We have two natures. 
The old man, we just want to, it wants to talk. It wants to run its mouth. But we have a new nature in Christ. He said, control your tongue. It's so inconsistent. Isn't it amazing how, listen, I know we say we can't do this, we can't control, but think about how quickly we, we can change. I mean, we go from Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde all the time. We can be at home having this nice, tense discussion. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, right? So we got mom and dad yelling at each other, and we got mom and dad and the kids yelling at each other, and I mean, just all of a sudden in the phone ring, we hello. <laughs> we laugh because we know it's true. Don't tell me we can't control it, because we can. I mean, one minute we're praising God, the next minute we're cursing people. Listen, and here's the thing, any kind of put-down is a curse. Our job is not to put down. Listen, we live in a world that puts people down all the time. I mean, think about people today, and I think it's very problematic that we have people today that if you do something wrong... You are crucified over and over and over and over again. doesn't matter how much you've repented, how much time you've said, I'm sorry. There will be people, particularly if you do it online, they'll never let it stop. They don't need to come to church and hear the same kind of nonsense coming out of supposed believers' mouths. Any kind of put down, any kind of stuff like that. He says, why curse men? They're made in God's image. James said, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It just lets you know what's inside. See, whatever's in the well is going to come out in the water. That's it. Whatever's in the tree will come out in its fruit. Listen, I heard a story one time of a guy. Actually, I don't remember who it was. It was a guy here in the church. He thought he had planted an apple tree. It was a pear tree. <laughs> he goes out to get apples one day, and it's pears. It always tells, it, listen, they can sell you all they want to at the store and say you're buying an apple tree, but when the, when the time comes, the fruit's going to tell on itself, right? See, the prob- but here's the thing. The problem is not really my tongue. The problem is my heart. Amen? It's my heart. See, what's inside comes out. My mouth eventually betrays what's, on the, what's really on the inside of me. I can fool a lot of people. We can all fool each other, but eventually our tongue's going to catch up to us. It's going to let people know who you really are. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 12. He said, for out of the abundance of the mouth, excuse me, out of the, the, the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. That's, there it is. Number four, our words can bless others. See, so here's the thing. My words have the power for negative, and it has the power for positive. I'll share this with you. It's kind of embarrassing. I, I know it's kind of hard to believe, but sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble. I mean, I, I know that's really hard to believe, but, but it's true. I do sometimes uh, open my mouth and insert my foot. Several years ago, actually been quite a few years ago, I uh, had an incident where here locally, I, had a, I, I just wasn't having a, a, a good day, just, just a lot of stuff going on. I don't even remember all the exact things that were going on. I, I'm a people. I love being around people. I love serving people. But there are times I have bad days, and that was one of them. And I actually had a conversation. I was talking with a business person here in town, and I just let my mouth overload to the point where, and I was told later that this person, I guess my, my words were sharp and harsh, that they started crying. 
Yeah, that's what I thought too. I felt really bad. <laughs> I, felt, I felt really about that big. And I thought, man. So, so what I ended up doing is I ended up personally going to this place with flowers and contrition and apologized and said I had no business, even if I had a bad day, to say in such a sharp tone what I did, and I need forgiveness. Listen, I've told you for years and years and years, if you learn how to eat crow after a while, it doesn't taste too bad. See, the problem is we don't want to eat crow. We don't want to own up. But if you put a little salt and pepper on it, maybe a little Tabasco, crow's not bad at all, I promise you. But here's the thing, my word, but here's the, here's the flip side of that. This is my point. My words at that moment were destructive and it hurt someone and I had to make it right. But then there have been other people that I can line up that would say, you know what, Pastor, you spoke to me in a time of need and it helped me through a crisis. You said something encouraging to me. You, you, you prayed for me. That's what I'm saying. My words can either be, and same thing for all of us, our words can be negative or our words can be positive. It's how we use them. So that's the last thing. Number four, our words can bless others. Our words can bless others. Proverbs 18.4 says, the mouth of the righteous man is a well of life. Isn't that good? The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Proverbs 12.15 says, heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop. How many knows what we're talking about? Being down just overwhelmed. He said, but a good word makes it glad. You ever had somebody come up to you in the middle of the very difficult situation, maybe put their arm around and say, you know what? It's going to be okay. I'm praying for you. See, that's what this body's all about. That's what it's supposed to be. Listen, if you're a guest here today, we are family. I believe that with all of my heart. And we're here to cry together and to laugh together and to celebrate together, rejoice together. Those are important things. If you're going through something, don't do it by yourself. Call one of us so we can put our arm around you and say, hey, when we do prayer down here, and I say, if you need prayer for anything, that's, that, I mean that. Because you never know. The heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. Proverbs 25 11, and I heard it was mistyped on here, so I'll correct it. It says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. It's not filthy. It's fitly. <laughs> so disregard that one. A filthy word doesn't go very far. But a fitly word, <laughs> a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. In other words, what he's saying is that a good word spoken at the right time is better than all the golden apples in a silver basket. See, our words can refresh and encourage someone that is discouraged and ready to give up. Listen, there are people that we come across every day. You have no idea. They're ready to wave the white flag and say, I'm done. That stressed out waitress that's pulled two shifts, that comes out and gets your order wrong. She gave you onions when you didn't ask for onions. And other people berate her, put her down. Just a simple, it's okay. You know what? Take the onions off or I'll scrape them off. You Don't worry about it. You never know what that does to somebody. You never know how close to the edge they are to wave that flag and say, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And unfortunately, there are a lot of times people just pass them by and they never give a word. Listen, words can give new life to a dying situation and a dying relationship. Sometimes husbands, sometimes wives, you just need to go to each other and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I let my mouth get the best of me. It happens, right? It happens. 
We get angry. We get all up in our self-justification and say, well, I had every right to say that to her. And she had, or she might say, I had every right to say that. No, you don't. She is a child. Or he is a child of God, created in his image. You have no right. I think I'd knock somebody over there with that one. <laughs> have no right. You have no right to put them down. So how do we do this? The last few minutes, how do we do that? How do we manage our mouth? Let me give you a couple of things. Number one, get a new heart. Like I said, it's not, a, it's not a tongue problem, really. It's a heart problem. So if I'm going to manage my mouth, get a new heart. Ezekiel 18, 31 says, rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. In other words, feed that new spirit that's in you. See, painting the outside of the pump doesn't make it any, doesn't make it any difference if there's poison in the water, right? Painting over rotten wood doesn't do anything but decorate it for just a few moments and then it's going to show its ugliness. We need to pray like David prayed in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. That's where it comes down to. I love what David, again, that's what David prayed. That should be part of our daily prayer. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Number two, ask God for help every day. This is impossible. I'm telling you, without his help, it's impossible to manage your mouth. It, it just is. I mean, there every, I mean, I, I, I work hard. But there are times that I just blow it, particularly if I'm in the car. I just, you know, for me, I just wish people would learn how to drive. Yeah. See, I'm not the only one who has that problem. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, if you're not going to learn how to drive, don't drive. Don't get a permit. Don't get a license. Don't get a car. I wish everybody could drive like I drive. You know what? The only way we can do this is to ask God for help. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. Psalm 141, I love this. And this is a scripture you ought to write down because I'm telling you, this will help you. Here's what the psalmist prayed. If you want to talk about managing your mouth, he said, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. <laughs> Isn't that good? Lord, I'm praying. It's Monday. And you know how manic Mondays are. There's going to be some there are going to be some interesting characters today. Put, set, a guard over my, set, a, set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over my lips. May the, my words be pleasing. See, we can't do it on our own. I couldn't. You can't. But with God's help, we can do it. Amen? See, here's the thing. What goes into my mind, and we have to be careful because what goes into our mind goes into our heart. What goes into our heart comes out of our mouth. You've heard people say, well, I didn't really mean that. No, you can't say that without, it me without you meaning it because it goes down into the heart and then out of the heart it speaks. You do. Fill your mind with God's word. What did Paul say? Whatever things are positive, whatsoever things are true and lovely, think on those things. Number three, think before you speak. Do you know what an idle word is? An idle word is when you put your mouth in gear and your brain in neutral. That's an idle word. Engage your mind before you speak. James 1.19 says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Again, that means that we need to pause. I, I told the early service, I said, look, if you are prone to running your mouth in, in a moment of, of frustration, find a, a, find a punching bag and, 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 and beat that thing until you get the frustration out. I'm just, I'm just saying, people say, well, I just have an outlet. Well, find a different outlet. Amen? Go run a mile or two or 10 or 20. 
What do you say? If you're angry, count to 10. If you're really angry, Ben Franklin, I guess it was, said, if you're angry, count to 10. If you're really angry, count to 100. Pause before you talk. So let me ask you as I close this morning. Guys, come on back. Let me ask you this. What does your tongue say about you? What does your tongue say about you? What does it reveal about who you really are? I'm not talking about what you put on this outer facade that you come to church with. What does your mouth really say about you, who you really are? If, I were to, if we were able to go back and play a tape of every conversation you've had this week, what would we learn about you? Again, we, we, we kind of joke about that, but that's some real stuff right there. What would our conversations this past week reveal about us? Again, this message is not about condemnation. I'm just simply saying, look, we are Christ ambassadors. We are representatives of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let our speech be things that build up and edify and glorify God. James is saying, listen, the only way that we can control our tongue is to let him have it. That's it. Let him steer the ship. Let him hold the reins. That's the only way we can do it. What that means is maybe you need to go to somebody and ask forgiveness for harshness that you said. Maybe you need to go to somebody that you gossiped about and say, look, I'm sorry, I let my mouth get overloaded and I said things I shouldn't have said. Again, crow's not too bad if you learn how to spice it up just right. Listen, we stumble in many ways, every one of us. And we have good days and we have bad days. Ezekiel says, get rid of all of your offenses that you've committed and get a new heart and a new, and a new spirit. Listen, my prayer is that, today, again, when you get out of here today, you're going to go to a restaurant, you're going to go to somebody's house, you're going to go home. There are going to be opportunities for you to, 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 to put into practice. If you go to a restaurant today, no doubt somebody probably will get your order messed up. They'll give you sweet tea when you specifically said unsweet tea. And rather than rail on them and tell them how incompetent they are, say, you know what, that's okay. I'll do cheat day today and I'll have sweet tea. Or you can say, you know what, that's okay, I'm not mad. You can take it back and bring me something else. I'm just saying that there are going to be challenges to you today in what you say and how you say it. And again, I'm, I'm, as we get closer to the Lord, how many of you understand it's becoming more and more difficult for people uh, to, to witness to today because we've become so galvanized in, in opposition. One way to do that is to truly let the truth of his gospel make a difference in your life. If my mouth is no different than their mouth, then why would they want to hear me on the things of the Spirit? Won't you stand with me this morning? Two things this, this morning as we close, uh, and, and I, I want to do this every service again. When we do this prayer time, again, it's here for you. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to know you're not in this by yourself. I truly believe in words. I, with, with all the things that have gone on in my life over the last 10 years, I could not have made it without fitly words spoken to me at a time of need. It, it does more than you can even imagine to know, to get a random message, an email, a text message that says, hey, praying for you today. I truly mean that you're part of our family and I love you with all of my heart. Even if I've only met you once, my heart's big enough and I want you to be a part of us. But I want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. If you're carrying a load, we want to pray that you're able to take his yoke upon you and learn of him, knowing that his yoke is easy and his burden is, is light. 
So that's one thing. But the second thing is this. Maybe you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor, I really struggle. This is one area. I mean, you kind of knocked it out of the ballpark today because this is an area I really struggle in. I'm not saying that you swear all the time or cuss all the time. Maybe, maybe you are quick to put down people. May the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing in your sight, oh God. You say, Pastor, I just need, I just need him to help me. Put a guard over my mouth. Put a guard over my mouth and set watch over my lips so that what I say builds people up rather than tear them down, edifies instead of destroys. So as I sing this morning, if you're here this morning, and, and uh, let, let me do it this way. Just bow with me for a moment, please. Nobody looking around. I want to do two things. I want to do it like that. If you're here today, say, Pastor, I need help. I, need, I, wanna, I want my words to glorify God. I want my words to build and produce life. Not the other way around. If that's you this morning, say, Pastor, I need help today. Just slip your hand, write it right back down. Not going to embarrass you, I promise you. Just write it right back down. Pastor, I need help in this area. I understand it. I recognize it. Amen, amen. Lots of us. My hand's up too. Lots of us. So here's the thing. When they begin to sing, if you need prayer in any of those areas, you want somebody to pray with you over a specific need, we want to pray with you. If you want somebody to pray with you that God will help you with your mouth, manage your tongue, We'll pray for that as well. So go ahead and sing. As they sing, would you come this morning?
Listen, there's no struggle that you have that God's not able to help you beat. There's no addiction. There's no stronghold. There's nothing that is impossible with Him. So walk out empowered to live in victory today. Father, today I love you so much. Jesus, it's you. Lord, today we acknowledge many times our shortcomings when it comes to our mouth. But Lord, we want to take charge today and allow you to have the reins and to steer the ship. Set that guard over our mouth. Keep watch over our lips. Create in us a clean heart and let our words and our thoughts edify and glorify you. I pray for parents today. I pray for husbands and wives today business owners, colleagues. Lord, I pray that you would help us who have been called by your name, set apart unto your things, your glory. Help us to represent you well. Wherever we go, whatever we do, Lord, may we glorify and magnify your name and may our words cause people to respond to you. May, they be, may we leave people better than we find them because of the words that we speak. Now I ask you to go with us. Give us a wonderful day today. 
May we rejoice in your goodness. And every day, may we look for the opportunity to speak life into somebody's life. We love and I, I love and I bless each one now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for being with us online. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you and I love you. Light up every heart now. Sing to the Lord. Hear the rocks cry out. See the mountains bow. Every heart come worship the Lord. Hear the oceans roar. See the skies light up every heart.